are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey and also Chicago? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast and also the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. I am Trey Matthews, the host of Locked On Devils. He is Jack Bushman, the host of Locked On Blackhawks, and the start of free agency is fast approaching. However, there is one player who is rumored to be on the move, on his way out of Chicago. I've talked about it in this Silly Season episode. It is Alex DeBrinkett. I've covered, so Jack, I've covered about Alex DeBrinkett's situation for a couple of episodes, and I'm really uh, glad that we're able to connect and do this uh, crossover and just talk more about the circumstance. But before we begin, how you doing, my man? I'm doing awesome, dude. Yeah, it's uh, these next couple of weeks, it's been a little bit slow for the Blackhawks since the season ended. Uh, they've got their new general manager, or, uh, their new head coach in place, I should say, excuse me, and Luke Richardson, general manager Kyle Davidson came in at the end of last season. So things are starting to come together, and now it's really the first time to see what Kyle Davidson wants to do with this team. And Alex DeBrinkett's future is kind of up in the air right now. The NHL draft is just a couple of days away. Blackhawks have some interesting things going on with a couple of pending free agents, Dylan Strom, Dominic Kubalik. So things are about to start picking up here. But uh, the one that's really catching headlines in Chicago and across the rest of uh, the NHL world, too, is, yeah, Alex DeBrinkett and his rumored availability. But one thing I will say, Trey, uh, first is that with these so-called rumors that are surrounding Alex DeBrinkett and a lot of the Blackhawks right now, I know it has a lot of fans worried here in Chicago, and it certainly has me worried. I mean, Alex Dabrinkit is an incredible young player and has already cemented himself as one of the elite pure snipers in the game. But I will say, Kyle Davidson, I I like what he's doing right now. Kicking the tires, seeing what is kind of the asking price around the league, what kind of offer he could get. And given the Blackhawks' current situation, they have a really thin prospect pool. They're in the midst of a rebuild. It's probably going to be a patient approach. They'd kind of be foolish not to at least kick the tires and see what the market is at for Alex to break it. Now, I will say it has sounded a a little serious. um, And they're they're being there. That's putting it lightly, my friend. I, I saw the reports, and I'm just like, see, this is one of the reasons why greed is one of the seven most deadly sins. Because I, I saw it, and I'm just like, wait, what? They want that for Alex DeBrinkett? Well, listen, here's the, here's the real kicker for the Blackhawks in this situation. I said they should be asking around about certain players and seeing what the market is kind of at or what other general managers are thinking at least. They don't absolutely have to trade Alex DeBrinkett. And this is the one thing that I believe Kyle Davidson is aware of and knows that he has to his advantage. This is his era with the Chicago Blackhawks now. It's not Stan Bowman making moves, trying to save his job, trying to keep the Blackhawks relevant and not really admitting the problem that he and the team had been facing, which was They had to go into a rebuild. It was something that they had just put to the side for far too long. But with Alex DeBrinkett, sure, he could really help get the Blackhawks some assets in the future. 
but they don't absolutely have to trade him. They don't absolutely have to. They don't have to shove him out the door, and Kyle Davidson knows that. So if another team out there isn't going to offer exactly what they want, then I don't believe Kyle Davidson is going to go through with it. And we heard a rumor from Elliot Friedman earlier in the week, uh, over the weekend actually, that a team out there, he didn't mention exactly what team it was, but had made an offer apparently of two first-round picks, one of those being pretty high, uh, along with a, a mid-level prospect, and the Blackhawks reportedly turned that down. So it's not a complete fire sale, right? I think Kyle Davidson realizes, hey, listen, my back's not against the wall. I'm not in a corner here. I don't have to trade to bring it for pennies on the dollar. And so far, it sounds like no team has given Kyle Davidson and the front office alongside him the exact type of offer that he wants. And for me as a Blackhawks fan, that makes me really happy and kind of oddly comfortable and trusting of the new general manager that's in place. It's a weird feeling for a Blackhawks fan to have in Chicago, Trey. Okay. So Alex DeBrinkett, if I, if I recall correctly, he has one year remaining on his contract, right? So um, he has this season and then he'll be in um, a, what a restricted free agent. Yeah, so be a restricted free agent at the end of this season. Um, it, but but the qualifying offer is the real kind of kicker there. He's gonna he's gonna be needing to get at least nine million dollars on that qualifying offer. So it is going to be a little bit of a lofty raise, but at the same time, he's deserving of it. Coming off of probably the best all around season of his career, he hit the forty goal plateau for the second time. Really showed the playmaking side of things as well, and he also kind of rounded out his game and took on more of a defensive role too. And we even saw Alex DeBrinkett on the penalty kill from time to time. And I don't know how many 40 goal scorers out there you see killing penalties. So uh, he is worth that raise. But um, it, again, the Blackhawks, they don't have to trade him. They could re-sign him if they don't see anything optimal. That's the situation they find themselves in. Also an all-star this uh, year for Alex DeBrinkett, which makes his value go that much higher. So, you know, the thing about Alex DeBrincat, I've talked about it on my show before, which is, yeah, he's a small guy, but at the same time, I'm not really too concerned about it because a team like the New Jersey Devils were actually in the were actually in the top 10 for average height and also average weight in the NHL. So, we're one of the biggest teams in the NHL. So, and if you pair Alex DeBrincat alongside with someone like Nico Heischer, you know, uh Heischer is a great two-way player. I believe he can definitely put his name into the running for the uh Selkie Award. So if you put him alongside with someone like Nico Heischer and also you got the big defenseman behind you, uh, someone like Ryan Graves, someone like Dougie Hamilton, um, you know, uh, Nikita Ahotuk, you, you got players to basically, quote unquote, hide Alex DeBrinkett's size. So one of the issues that I said I don't have with Alex DeBrinkett is his overall size. But here's some issues that I do have, which is, you know, yes, you said he's going to be a restricted free agent, the qualifying offer. I, I get all that. Reality of it is, is that, you know, one year remaining on his contract, which could be a little bit of a risk. And, you know, when looking at the asking price for um, Alex DeBrinkett, I'm not sure how true this is or not. But according to Al uh, Kimaglia, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. So it's spelled C-I-M-A-G-L-I-A. Um, yeah. According to his uh, Twitter, he's a Chicago correspondent for NHL Network Radio. He says that he heard that the quote unquote ask for Alex DeBrinkett is basically three first-round picks, one for this year, two more coming in previous years, a high-end younger player who can play in Chicago this season. There's That's an ask, and if it stays that way, the brick kick could definitely be here in October for the Blackhawks. So, look, I get after the Seth Jones trade, you guys are definitely looking for 
a first round draft pick and you're you're desperate to get back into the first round, especially like you said, you're in a rebuild. Um, and you know, the draft is a few days away. I've seen crazier things happen, which is why I wanted to connect with you before the draft occurred, because you, you know, unless there's like a last second uh buzzer beater kind of deal, you know, anything is possible. So, you know, uh is that true? Uh, I think you touched on that before, but basically a first round draft pick in this year's uh, draft and then two more first round draft picks in a future draft and then a high end player who could play in Chicago, not someone who can play in the AHL and then sometime play in Chicago in like a year or two, but someone who's ready to make the opening night roster. Is is that true? Yeah, it's um I wouldn't say I've heard anything that clear cut. Um, I know who you're talking about with Al, and he does a lot of good work and good stuff on Twitter. So uh, I have no reason not to believe him or anything, but it does sound like it's something in that ballpark. I would say um, that the first, it depends on each team, but I think in a situation between our two teams for the Blackhawks and New Jersey, I think the ask would have to be, it would have to at least start with the second overall pick this year, another first and then probably that player. And I mean, look, I know you're shaking your head. I get it. It's a high asking price. But at the same time, that's what it's going to take to get Alex to it. I really 100% believe the only way you're going to take him off of Kyle Davidson's hands is if you absolutely wow him. I think that's the only way he's going to do it is if you wow him. And we've heard Philadelphia, they took their fifth overall pick off of the table. And I think that immediately rules them out given the Blackhawks situation. Like, yeah, they want to help this rebuild and they want to get the process started, but they're not going to just punt on Alex to unless they get an offer that they're really in love with. And again, they're not backed in a situation where they have to say, all right, this is the best we can get. Let's do it now. Cause it's never going to be better. I think if they do trade to Brinkett, now's the time, but that doesn't mean they absolutely have to do it. So I think that's a pretty fair statement. I don't know if it's three first-round picks and a player, but I would expect it to have to be at least two. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Three first-round draft picks, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, you know, and I'm not talking about for the devil's sake. I'm just talking about, like, NHL's sake. And I get the reason for doing that because, they're like you said, you guys are not exactly in a corner. You're, you're not like a, a mouse in a corner with a cat facing you. You're not saying, like, we need to get rid of them ASA now. We, we could get rid of them. Right. But, you know, um, how desperate are the Chicago Blackhawks to jumpstart their rebuild? Because, you know, I, I've been hearing reports saying that, you know, maybe they were shopping Patrick Kane just a little bit. But, I, 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 like I said, I don't know how true those, those rumors are. But I'm, I'm just, you know, putting it out there saying, like, you know, they're 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 curious to see like you know what who can they get for this player and how can it uh help get their rebuild in uh full in full jump start yeah i think they're taking calls on a lot of players pro- probably not the ones that have the no movement clauses the patrick canes jonathan taves seth jones those are probably the three guys they aren't taking calls on right now and for patrick kane and jonathan taves in particular their, their futures are certainly up in the air, but it doesn't sound like the Blackhawks are going to approach them this season about waiving those no-movement clauses. They feel that they deserve the respect to, you know, not be kind of – not pushed out the door, but they they deserve that respect, and they're going to let them kind of do whatever they feel is best for their careers before their contract comes off the book next summer, the same summer that Alex Debrink. Um, But I will say the, the Blackhawks, they're listening, but they're not in a rush. Kyle Davidson more so than anything else has come in here and said, listen, 
we got to do this right. And I don't care if it takes three, four, five, hell, I don't care if it takes longer. We have to do this right. And then really he has no choice given what Stan Bowman first round pick in this year's draft, basically no first round pick in last year's draft. They had the 32nd overall selection, the last pick in the first round. They don't have a very deep prospect pool, especially at the forward position. It's really thin. They got some young defensemen they're hopeful for, but it's not a deep, it's not a deep pride. They realize the way to go about that is by being patient, hitting on draft picks, and going about it the right way. And so uh, they, they want to turn it around. Listen, this is Chicago. It's a original six franchise, a big city market. They don't want to be losing for too long here, but Kyle Davidson 100% knows the only way to do this is by being patient, not rushing it whatsoever like we've done in the past, and making sure we take each step take the time to properly make sure that all those steps are and all the boxes are checked. So it's not a rush. And that's the thing that works for the Blackhawks. And given the Alex Dabrinkit situation, it's, it's not like something they absolutely need to do. They can kind of feel it out. And if they don't get an offer they like, I think they can just sit on him and know they have a, a good young player that they can still build around. So I think it's kind of a, a win-win situation either way. I personally don't want the Blackhawks to trade to Brinkett, but I would understand if they did. And if they do, given what we've heard the last few days about the offers and what it's going to take to get them, uh, that probably means it was a big haul for the Blackhawks. So I like where they're sitting right now, Trey. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen in the next two days, but either way, I, I feel confident that Kyle Dane is going to do whatever he feels is best for this rebuilding process and, and the future of the organization. I get you. I understand that. Um, okay, so I guess let's get into the heart of it, and let's just talk um, trade kind of thing. Like, like let, let me throw out a few offers, and let's see how you feel about them, and, and I, I know you might not know a lot of uh, the New Jersey Devils prospects, but Basically, here's where we stand about uh, trading away our prospects. Now, Tom Fitzgerald, uh, you know, according to some of my insiders, uh, Tom Fitzgerald isn't really big on trading prospects. Like he in, in the past, in his short tenure here in New Jersey, he hasn't really, um, you know, uh, made a splash in terms of just trying to obtain a big name player and in, involving prospects in it. But, you know, like I said, I wouldn't put it past him to try to do so because Tom Fitzgerald has said, that he's willing to take this team to another level. And the New Jersey Devils, we're tired of always being knocked out uh, of the regular season. We're, we're tired of missing out on the playoffs. Like, we, we've only made the playoffs once in the past, like, 10 or 11 so years. And the last time we were actually competitive in the playoffs was back in 2012 when we lost in the Stanley Cup Finals. So Tom Fitzgerald uh, definitely does want to take the organization to another level. And I do believe that, uh, you know, be willing to like you know look at someone like Alex DeBrinca and see what the asking price is. Now, in my previous episodes, I've said this. I said Alex DeBrinca is a very good player, and I am not concerned about uh, him fitting in with the New Jersey Devils, despite him being a small guy. Because a lot of people were saying like, "Oh, Alex DeBrinca is small. There's there's no reason to get him. We already have enough small players. We're one of the biggest teams in the NHL, and people don't even realize it." Um, they said like, yo, Alex DeBrinkett, he's with players like Patrick Kane. So of course he's going to get his big numbers. Like look where New Jersey has yada, yada, yada. I'm just like, I think Alex DeBrinkett, wherever he goes, he'll make it work. Hey, and well, one thing I will say, sorry to interrupt you real quick about Alex DeBrinkett's size. I, I do think come playoff time, there is a little bit to be concerned about because it's not like he's 
he's it's not that he can't go to the dangerous areas and have success. Like he plays a feisty game. He's not afraid of anything. He knows the areas to go to in front of the net to score goals. And they're dirty areas. He's not scoring pretty goals all the time. So like for people who are uber concerned about his size, I absolutely would not be. This is a guy who has the heart and has the intensity, wants to be one of those scrappers, isn't afraid to mix it up with anyone. He's been in a few fights in his career. Like he is a little feisty guy. So uh, I do worry maybe if you pair him with a, a trio, like, you know, a Jack Hughes, who's a smaller guy too, come playoff time, that line personally, like together could get pushed around a little bit, but I wouldn't be flat out super concerned about Alex to bring it size and like claim that's the reason why New Jersey shouldn't be interested. So for any of your listeners out there that are concerned about Alex to bring it size, I really would not be whatsoever. Okay. Yeah. You do have a point. Jack Hughes is a small guy himself. That was a concern when he was selected first overall, moved off the puck very easily during his rookie year. But I, I, if Alex DeBrincat were, were, were was attained by the New Jersey Devils, I don't think uh, he would be paired alongside with Jack Hughes. I think he would be paired on the second line with Nico Heischer because Heischer is a good two-way player. And, you know, maybe you add Tomas Tatar to the line, whatever the case might be, then, you know, you can hide Alex DeBrincat's size. You would put Jesper Bratt on the first line with Jack Hughes because both of them were able to have career years this past year. So that's how I think uh, Lindy Ruff would form it if Alex DeBrincat was added to his roster. Now, when talking about a trade, I'm going to be flat out honest, and I'm not sure if it's going to, you know, disinterest you or whatever the case might be, but the second overall pick is not going to happen. Like, I think the New Jersey Devils are going to hold on to that. Alex DeBrincat, very good player. I don't think he's worth the second overall pick. I think the New Jersey Devils would be aiming for someone like Matthew Kachuk for the second overall pick, but the chances of that happening are just as high as my chances of going to Pluto and uh, having dinner with the Pope the, in the next few days. It could happen, but most likely it won't. So, you know, like I said, like Alex DeBrincat, not worth the second overall pick. However, I'll give you a first round draft pick in next year's uh, draft, which is the draft to have multiple first round picks. Just because, you know, I think it's a deeper draft class outside the top five in this year's draft. It's not really all that deep. So I'd be willing to give you a... For, for Alex Brinkett, I'll give you a first-round draft pick in next year's NHL draft. I'll give you a second-round draft pick in – I'll give you our second-round draft pick in this year's draft, and I will give you any prospect that is not named Dawson Mercer, Alexander Holtz, or Luke Hughes. We, we, our prospect pool is deep. We have one of the best prospect pools in the entire NHL. I think we rank number four. So, you know, there's a lot – and you said you're thin at boards. We have a lot of fours that you could choose from. Fabian Zetterlin, he was able to have a big year um, uh, playing for the uh, New Jersey Devils in the few games he was given. Or um, someone like Nolan Foote, the son of Adam Foote, you know, struggled this year in Utica, but once he was brought up to the NHL, he was actually able to be somewhat productive. Um, let's see, who else? Um, A.J. Greer, Chase DeLeo also had big years in Utica. Um, so basically, it's like a candy store with our prospects because we have one of the best prospect pools in the entire NHL. And basically, you know, those guys I listed, they've been given NHL chances and they've actually held their ground quite nicely. Now, if you're in need of maybe a defenseman, look no further than someone like Kevin Ball, great shot suppressor. He's able to keep the puck alive in the uh, offensive zone for New Jersey Devils. Saw that uh, in the Vegas Golden Knight games, which was one of my favorite games this past year. Um, Nikita Ahotuk, 
you know, so our, our prospect pool is deep. And also I would throw in Pavel Zaka just because I'm trying to get rid of him. So Zaka, <laughs> would, just, Zaka would just be a throw in. You have him. I don't care what you do. Bench him, cut him, start him. I don't care. You, if Zaka's a throw in, you can have him. But um, basically that's where I would start off at. So like, I'll give you a first round draft pick next year's uh, draft. I will give you a second round draft pick and I'll give you a prospect, a high end prospect. It's not named Luke Hughes or Alexander Holtz, not named Dawson Mercer. So, so Alexander Holtz, I guess, could be a, debated just a little bit unlikely. But if I had to choose one of the three, maybe Alexander Holtz, because a lot of fans have been saying that they're a little concerned with how he played in the NHL. I don't really think much of it because we weren't really giving him a chance. Um, but, you know, since he was outplayed by Fabian Zetterlin, Maybe, you know, maybe Alexander Holtz would, out of those three prospects that I just said that were untouchable, I think fans would be a little more lenient if it was Alexander Holtz or maybe I'm just drunk or whatever the case might be. But um, so what do you think of that offer for right now? Listen, if if I'm not getting the second overall pick this year, you got, I'm. it's really tough for me to to be very interested because you're getting a, a player in Alex DeBrinkett who, at before being 25 is a two-time 40 goal scorer and you're not going to give me the second overall pick in a bad draft I, I think if you're not going to be willing to give me that it's just tough to make the deal work because listen you're going to have team control over this guy sure you have to give him the, the raise or whatever but you're going to have team control over Alex to we know what kind of player he is in the draft you don't know what you're getting sure you could have all the surefire prospects and all the signs pointing the right way but those players still have to go out there and prove that they're worth that selection and for the Blackhawks to take on that type of gamble if you're not putting in the number two overall pick I I might just have to shut the door listen it's really tough putting Alex Holtz in there does make things a little bit interesting um and for the 2024 first or the 2023 first I should say that's something that absolutely needs to be in there the Blackhawks they already have two first round picks in that loaded draft next year I don't, year. To interrupt you. I don't mean to interrupt you uh protected or unprotected because when I did my crossover with Seth of Locked on Wild you know I said for Fiala I'll give you a protected first round draft pick in next year's draft just in case like the Devils have a chance to get the first overall pick in case the season completely flops but I'm banking on the Devils to improve next year and not be in the situation they are currently in now. Listen, if you're if you're not offering the number two overall pick, that that pick next season has to be unprotected. I mean, it has to 100% be unprotected. But even fair at that point, fair. again, fair there's fair. no guarantees. Y'all could end up being the worst team in the league this year by a mile, and we could still end up picking fifth. So that still could come back to bite the Blackhawks. And all this comes down to me, Trey. It's just a if you're not putting the number two out there, it's not an offer that I love and. I think Kyle Davidson, I'm hoping Kyle Davidson is thinking the same way that I'm thinking when I say, if I don't love a deal, I'm not going to trade away the player with the caliber of Alex Dabrinkit, man. And uh, it's just tough. If you're not, I think that's where the conversation has to start with me personally with the New Jersey Devils. I think it has to be the number two overall pick in a first next year. And after that, I'm I'm not going to ask for too much. I was thinking maybe someone like, uh, who was I looking at here? Tice Thompson had had a good year. I don't know if he, he's fallen a little bit down in your prospect pool. Well, I, I think the that's, thing about Thompson was he got hurt. He got hurt. That's why he's fallen off. He got hurt this past season. He was out for an extended period of time, so that's why he went down a little bit. But his brother currently plays for the Sabers. So yes, 
He's a big boy and very good. Probably the, I watched the Sabres play this year. I was like six rows off the glass, dude. And I, I saw Tage Thompson for the first time. I was like, holy cow, he is a big boy. Um, but getting back to our teams, man. Yeah, it's just tough for me to, to say yes to anything that I don't love. And I love Alex Dabrinkit, and I'm not going to give him away for anything less than something I, I absolutely love, dude. I'm sorry. That, that's the way it has to be in this type of business for the Blackhawks. Now, if Stan Bowman were still calling the shots, I'd say you have a better chance at fleecing us. But this is Kyle Davidson's team now. I'm not and trying I, to fleece. I'm not trying to fleece. I'm, <laughs> just, I'm trying to make sure I don't get fleeced because I don't want to be robbed out of two first-round draft picks and the Devils have a terrible season next year. And now we're kind of in a, in a situation. We're in shambles right now because, you know, it's like, well, the one thing I say about the Devils is we have a lot of prospects. We have a lot of young guys with a lot of promise. But still, you know, I'm not putting my money on them to be a wild card team. That's my ceiling for them. But, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah, 100%. Um, but if I, I think if I'm Kyle Davidson, that's where my call has to start, Trey. If Number two's not there, then listen, I I, I completely accept that. I, I get why it wouldn't be. I get where your organization is at, and you don't want to part ways with something like that. But if you want a two-time 40-goal scorer who's only 24 years old, he's just starting to hit the peak of his career, I think that's the type of offer it's going to take to at least take uh, Alex it away from the Chicago Blackhawks moving forward, buddy. Oh, boy. Uh, so second overall pick a first round draft pick in next year's draft. Uh, so if I were to hypothetically, I'm just hypothetically saying this, I'm not saying this is my final offer. So give you the second overall pick. Can that pick, that first round draft pick, I'm not sure if you already answered this or not. Can that first round draft pick please be protected? Like top 10 protected. If you give us, if you give us the number two, uh, the top 10, I, I think protected would be something that could happen. The only thing that I think Kyle Davidson would be concerned about is New Jersey struggles again next season and they don't finish in that top 10. And then the first round pick moves until 2024 and we miss out on that good draft. I think that would be the only concern, but yeah. Yeah. That was the same concern for Seth of locked on wild, which is, you know, if, if we do get our draft pick back then, you know, then we're kind 100%. of, yeah, 100%. I, I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. But if, if you do, I don't know if Kyle Davidson would go that route, but if you were willing to give the number two pick, then I'm sure that conversation kind of opens up a little bit more depending on maybe a, a prospect thrown in there or how it's going to work out or what. But I think putting the number two overall pick in there intrigues Kyle Davidson and the Blackhawks enough to try to make something work. Jeez. I don't look. I love Alex DeBrinket. I love what he brings, and I would love to have him on the Devils roster. But I still got to stand by what I said, which is I I can't give away the second overall pick, especially if we can possibly get like Uri Slavkovsky, because I'm big on him, or Shane Wright, and maybe even Logan Cooley. I think he's the X factor. But um, in terms right, of I get it, I get it, dude. Listen, and this is probably a, a conversation that. Blackhawks general manager Kyle Davidson has had with a lot of folks about a lot of different players. Listen, I get it, but this is where my offer is. And sometimes it happens in business. Sometimes you can't make a deal work. And we'll see if our two teams do in the next couple of days. But um, we're, we're going to have to see if it feels like something's going to have to budge or else a deal's not going to be made. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Welcome to the business world. It's terrible. <laughs> well, we couldn't get a deal done, guys. He's demanding the second overall pick. I totally understand why. 
you know, the Blackhawks, they're in desperate need of first round draft picks after the Seth Jones trade last year. I totally get it, Jack, but uh, I, I guess we're not, I think we're at an impasse. I think, I think uh, we're a little too far off. And plus, I don't want to give you too many first round draft picks in the future years. Keep that second overall pick because I, I just feel as though that can go horribly awry for the Devils, quite honestly. Yeah, no, I, I get your, I get where you're coming from 100%. You got to do what you think is best for your organization. And trading two first-round picks in a position like the Devils are, that that's probably something that's going to be hard for them to do. So we'll see what happens in these next couple of days, Trey. I do feel like, you know, if something were to get done, it would have to be before the first round starts because I personally really think if Kyle Davidson – isn't getting a high pick in this year's draft. I don't know if he's going to trade Alex to bring it for two, you know, kind of gambles later on next year when we don't know where teams are going to be picking. Right. I think Seattle at uh, Seattle at five, right. Or Seattle at four. Uh, Seattle's at four. Yeah. So I think Seattle at four, New Jersey at two, knowing where those teams are slotted for this year's draft. I think that gives the Blackhawks a little bit of comfort knowing exactly where that pick would be coming as opposed to trading Alex to bring it for a 2023 first and a 2024 first and kind of just having to wait and see where those picks fall down. So uh, it's going to be interesting though, Trey, and um, what comes through buddy, but it was, was definitely fun chatting with you as always. And if something goes down, you know, we'll be chatting more soon. Thanks Jack. So, you know, you know where to find them at locked on Blackhawks, you know where to find me at locked on devils. Um, as I say to all my listeners, I also say it to the lovely people of Chicago, continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day. Go Devils for me. Go Blackhawks for him. Uh, Jack, sorry we couldn't get a deal done, but just had to ask. Hey, that's how these things work, and it was a lot of fun to talk about it, dude. So no harm, no foul. Uh, I wish Devils and their organization the best of luck in these next couple of days.